Let's get into uh, today's message. It's going to be awesome. Um, if you haven't, if you don't know already, um, we have a Echo Youth podcast. Who's ever listened to the Echo Youth podcast before? Raise your hand if you listen to the Echo Youth podcast. Awesome. Sweet. So it comes out every, um, usually we try to get it out on Monday. Sometimes we, we're a little late and it gets out on um, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but the the first episode of the week is like a, it's a Bible study, and then we do some goofy, funny stuff at the end of the podcast, and it's interactive, it's really cool, and that's why we have those polls on Instagram that you vote on, it's, that's part of the podcast, but the thing that we've added in the last couple of weeks is the Wednesday night messages, what you're hearing right now, uh, we're also putting that on that podcast app as well, and so if you ever miss a Wednesday, or if you have a friend that wants, um, that you think needs to hear a message, like let's say I preach a message or, or, or one of your leaders preaches a message that you're like, wow, that was really good, and I have a friend that, that could really bless them right now. You can just go on your podcast app, find the episode, and text it to them directly, and they can listen to it. How cool is that? Cool? All right, so we're in week three. Everybody say week three. We're in week three of bear fruit. And uh, <laughs> bear fruit. Um, so... Anywho, um, so what we've been talking about in this series, Bear Fruit, is how people will recognize us or differentiate us from the rest of the world. Right? So as Christians, we are supposed to be set apart. Who's ever heard that? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. As Christians, we're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be of the world, but in the world, but not... I screwed that up. You guys are like, you're dumb, Brett. No. Uh, we are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. What that means is we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to inhabit this place, but we're not supposed to be of worldly things. So we're supposed to be somehow, some way, different from everybody else. Amen? So what type of things, what type of things distinguish us from everybody else? That's a good question. So we have our, our scripture that we've been going through. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Let's read it together. Okay, so open your Bibles. If you have it, if not, it'll be up on the screen. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Right, so the things that Paul writes in this book to the Galatians, which are a people group, a church, if you will. He says the things that will set us apart, the fruit of the Spirit, if we're living life with Christ, and if we're living life according to how the the Spirit is leading us, if we're living a Spirit-led life, we'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the two things that we're going to talk about today are kindness and goodness. Everybody say kindness and say goodness. Perfect. So we've talked about love and joy. We, we've spent, here at Echo Youth, we spent a lot of time on love because we, we, we love. You know what I mean? We're cool like that. We love people. We're awesome. Whatever. <laughs> we spent some time on joy and peace and patience. And you know, I'm, I'm, a, big, I'm a big peace person. Like I like to try and find some sort of peace in the storm. Right, I preach on on the on Jesus calming the storm about every three four weeks, and so uh, I, I'm I'm big about that. But I, this is a topic uh, that I may not have. I don't know that I've preached a bunch on these two 
ideas because they're relatively simple. Like you think you would be just kind, like you'd be a kind person. Like you feel like that's relatively normal. You don't need the Bible to tell you to be kind, right? And, and then you think you would be a good person. Who's ever heard someone say that? Oh, I'm, I'm a good person, you know, like, or I don't, I don't understand. Here's a big question that people have when we're talking about Christianity. I don't understand how good people can go to hell. And, and if I'm being honest, I've had that question too, and that's a tough question. The, the, the answer to that question that we forget is that God um, doesn't send us to hell. Um, we, we, we write our own ticket there, right? So, so hell is not for people that God hates. Hell is for peop- people that hate God. Does that make sense? And, and so it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like, I hate God, I hate God, I hate God, right? Even, even the best of people, if they refuse to believe in God, that, that's what that's talking about as well, okay? And so I, I don't mean to get into that right now, but just for clarification, okay? So, but, but kindness and goodness. Think about those two words, kindness and goodness. You might be thinking to yourself, just how I did, aren't those pretty similar, right? Raise your hand if you think that kindness and goodness are like, they're kind of the same thing. Like, I thought, I thought it was like, isn't, aren't they like, you know, same thing? But they're really not. They're very similar, but also different. And we'll talk about that later. But Paul is writing here in Galatians that along with love, joy, peace, and patience, we must try our hardest to be kind and to be good. There are so many Christians that know their Bible super well, but aren't very kind. Amen? There's, there's so many... There's also, unfortunately, some, some Christians and even pastors who know their Bible well and aren't good people. And I'm not saying this to, like, bash on Christians or bash on pastors because I am both of those things. <laughs> but I'm saying this to be, to be aware. Because, the, and the reason, I don't know if you've ever gotten defensive over people claiming Christians to be hypocrites and, and Christians are this and this. And for me, it hurts me a little bit because I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I don't want people to think of me like that. But the reason that it's so loud, the reason that people say that so much is because everybody else is expected to be bad. Think about that. The people who, who don't claim to be Christians, they're not expected to necessarily be good or be kind. Like you're expected to follow the law, but, but once you get out into the real world, you know, you hear people say, once you get out into the real world, it's, it's dog eat dog, bro. Like you got to get yours. And that's not the Christian way. And so when, so when, we're, when, we're, when we're Christians and we're, you know, in ministry and when we're doing things, like the whole getting yours idea is like it, 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 if you're trampling on other folks, it, it hurts people. And that's why people get hurt in the church. Because we mix, we mix business, we mix church. We mix this, this idea of what we're, what we're trying to do here. And the, the goal is not, the goal for me is not to be a youth pastor so that I can, I can, Ask people to call me Pastor Brett. If you know me, I don't really ask anybody to call me Pastor Brett. But those who do, thank you. That's awesome. That's cool. But the reason I'm a pastor is for you, not for me. And if it ever flips around, i got to really check myself. Because it's not about a title. It's not about, it's not about a position. It's not, so anything you guys do in life, whatever you want to be in life, don't do it for the position. Do it for the purpose. Do it for the reason that you're doing it. Be a doctor not so that you get a lot of money and people can call you doctor. Be a doctor so that you can help heal people. And then be a teacher not so that you can be in charge of a bunch of students, but be a teacher so that you can help build up the next generation. Whatever you're going to do in life, for me, I'm going to be a pastor not because people will respect me and look to me for certain things. I want to be a pastor because I can get in and help folks get to heaven. 
and help their friends get there too. Amen? But we see in, in so many Christians and so many pastors and so many things, you see it on the news all the time, and pastors doing this thing, and they're doing this, and, and Christians doing this. And why is that? Why is it so normal for people to know the Bible well and to be mean and to be bitter and to be sinful, right? Why, why, why is it that way? I think it's because we, we don't just need to read the Bible. We need to know God. Amen? So how do I be good and how do I be kind? Because in the midst of the world, someone's perspective on Christianity can change from one interaction with you. I think I used this example a couple weeks ago. But like if I went on vacation to, to Hawaii... Or let, let's call it New York. I went on vacation to, to New York, right? And I get off my plane and I get in a taxi. Let's say the taxi driver is an absolute jerk. And I go from my taxi ride to my destination. Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm preaching somewhere or I'm attending a conference someone else is preaching. And I go there get my, and I get back in the taxi and I fly home. It's a really quick trip from New York. Like I would do that. Only person in the room that does that is Bethany, but not me. <laughs> um... But let, so let's say I just got a really quick trip, and my only interaction with like like conversation people is the person in the taxi. If that person was a jerk, I'm probably gonna go home and be like, "Man, people in New York are mean. People in New York are jerks, right?" Because of one interaction, someone will come to like your school's football game and they'll get like bullied or something, and be like, "Man, you guys, that school is filled with mean people." That's how it is. And so that's why people's perspective on Christians is bad sometimes because they've had one interaction with one bad person. And so you can change the script because you now could be the new taxi driver. You could be the new person at the football game. You could be whoever you are to represent Christianity. Amen? So how do we be good? How do we be kind? Because of all the, the misunderstanding of who Christians are. How do we do this? Why is it so important? It's so important because people will remember you by how you make them feel, not by what you say to them. Right? If, if, if what I say to somebody matches with how I make them feel, they will remember what I said. If what I say to someone is different from my actions and how I make them feel, then words just go right over their head. There's no purpose to say them. Does that make sense? And that's what we've been talking about this whole time. The bear fruit idea is that people know you <laughs> by your fruit. And so let's not play the game anymore. Let's be who we are. Amen? People will remember you by how you make them feel, not necessarily just by what you say. And that's true, especially for youth pastors. <laughs> because 10 years from now, I'm going to ask you, and I'm just kidding, but if I did, if I was like, hey, uh, what was your favorite message that I ever preached? You'd be like, <laughs> You'd be like, well, I have a t-shirt that says, won't you be my neighbor? So uh, there was a sermon, in that, right? But you're probably not going to remember like really specific messages that I preach. You're not going to remember necessarily super specific things that I say, but you will remember how I made you feel. Amen? That's mostly what I remember from my youth pastors. The youth pastors that I'm still in contact with and that I still like seek advice from are the ones that, that like poured into me, that made me feel good, that made me feel worthy, that made me feel important. And not just to blow my head up, but like they told me the truth. Making you feel good doesn't mean telling you a lie. So if I lie to you and say you're, you're doing great at something, that you're not doing great at something, it'll eventually make you feel bad because I lied to you. Amen? Okay, so number one, kindness. 
Kindness means, I looked it up, so we're good. Like I always do. Kindness means the quality of being friendly, generous, or considerate. Friendly, generous, or considerate. Who's ever met a kind person? Great. Who's ever met a mean person? Raise your hand. You're mean and kind? Oh, wow. Let's talk after, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Being friendly, being generous, and being considerate. It's relatively simple. Right? Don't be mean. (laughs) Don't be rude. Be nice to people and try to help them out. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave who? You. So because God forgave us, let's just be nice to people. That's what that's what that's saying. Kind people are nice to be around. Can we can we all agree on that? Kind people are nice to be around. I do not like to be around people who are mean. <laughs> I don't like to be around people who are negative. I don't like to be around people who have hidden agendas and weird alternatives. I like to be around people who are kind and they are who they are. Right? So why don't we be that? Because people will want to be around us. Amen? Like, like genuinely kind, though. Not like the, oh, bless their heart kind, kind people. You know what I mean? That's fake. Who's ever heard that? That's like church, church speak, right? The old, the old ladies, you know, they'll be talking, oh, bless her heart. She's just going through a tough time right now. You know, her parents would be so disappointed. You know, you're like, whoa, excuse me, Ethel, you know. Um, but, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's one that uh pawn boss matt wish says all the time ethel so i used it um the tough part is sometimes we are incredibly rude and inconsiderate and don't even notice it that's the tough part we want to be nice we all think if you I, I probably guarantee everybody in this room if you thought of yourself and you're like yeah i'm i'm pretty kind but i also might <laughs> don't get mad at me I might guarantee that you are probably a, a little bit rude and mean to a, a couple of people in your life. Right? For me, unfortunately, for a while, while I was just becoming an adult and growing up, I was kind of mean and short to my mom for a while. Because we just butt heads. She didn't let me grow up. And I was like, let me grow up. You know? I didn't want to be treated like I was six anymore. So then I didn't know how to handle it. And I was mean. But then if people were asking me, like, Brett, are you, are you kind? I'd be like, yeah nicest person I know, <laughs> and I'm humble too, so, uh, you know, but the, the tough parts were incredibly rude and inconsiderate, and we don't even notice it. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, or Caroline, I don't know how you say it, but Carolyn Leaf, I'll say it that way. She's a brilliant neurosurgeon. Anybody heard of her? Dr. Carolyn, she's awesome. If you haven't heard of her, follow her on Instagram. Oh my goodness, it'll help you <laughs> in so many ways. Because she, she's a neuroscientist, she's a, she, she deals with like mental health and those types of things, but from a Christian and relatively holistic perspective. And so it's really, really, really good and really healthy. But she says that, um, that when, when two neurons fire together, they can also fuse together. So what that means is if, if, I, if something happens to me and then a boom, this fires, and it's a negative reaction... What can happen is now every time that my every time I'm in a similar situation, I'll I'll automatically fire negative. Because it, that kind of fused together in my brain. I'm, so I'm so I'm forming my brain in that in that way. So we can accidentally wire our brains to react in a negative way, and we don't even know it. 
if our constant reaction, and think about this. So, and if, if we're being real, our, sometimes our worst interactions are with our family. Amen? Because <laughs> we're close to them. <laughs> like me, I'm like, pretty, you, oh, I hate you, you know? When I was growing up, it was my brother. I, he was, like, bigger but slower than me, so i just punch him as hard as I could and then just take off. And I'd run, like, ten blocks. <laughs> you know? So it was that. we just get mad. And so, <sighs> but think about it. There are some, there's some interactions that you have with your family that you react super negatively to that you wouldn't do that with your friends. But because you do it so often with your family, now you're going to start doing it with your friends because you've wired your brain to do that. So being kindness be kindness. Being kind seems easy enough until we've been confronted with a hard situation. So sometimes we may not know it, but we are being incredibly selfish or rude or inconsiderate or short with someone because we've for some reason made that our default response. And ill intent or rude behavior towards someone does more damage to you than it does towards them. Who's ever wanted to get back at somebody? Raise your hand. I have. I'm raising my hand. Raise my hand big. Who's ever wanted to make someone feel bad? You want someone to notice something. I want them to see this. I want them to feel this way. I want them to do that, right? You know how dumb you look when you do that? <laughs> I'm just saying because I've done it. I've done it. I've been that person like, oh, I want, and I'm talking all tough. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, oh, right? And everyone's like, dude, stop. You sound like a monkey, <laughs> you know? And and so I'm getting all upset, and I'm, and I'm telling people, I'm, oh, man, I, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and they're going to see it, and, oh, they're going to get so mad. And no, what happens is if I'm ugly like that, nobody ever looks at me and is like, wow, respect, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like no, no one sees you ever trying to be, get back at someone or trying to be rude or do something with ill intent and do something mean. No one ever sees you doing that and thinks like, wow, props. Man, you are top of the food chain. Everyone's like, what? But reversely, the people who are kind to people when they don't deserve kindness, those people are like, wow, that's inspiring. Wow, that's so cool. Wow, that's really mature of them. Wow, they've got their life figured out. Wow, I want to have a conversation with that person because that person deserved to get punched in the face and they were kind to them. And so it's hard because me, even my natural instinct is to get mad and to, and to get upset and to yell at somebody and to, I want to prove them wrong and I'm, you know, you know, I'm big and scary. And you're like, no, you're not. But it's so much better and so much res- more respectable and so much more life-giving when you are kind to people even when they don't deserve it. Amen? So... We have to figure out now how to rewire our brains to respond with kindness instead of responding with negativity and rudeness and bitterness. And some of you in this room might be thinking to yourself, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of you in this room might be thinking to yourself, wow, I could really use a rewiring. (laughs) I could really use a, a geek squad visit for them to rewire my brain, you know, and help me out a little bit. So the Bible says that we must not be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. I was listening to a message today by one of my old youth pastors, Javen Chavez, and he talked about this. He, he's in this series called Change My Mind. And he talks about how it's a choice. We can either conform or we can transform. And, and, and the wording in that, in that scripture is, is a choice. So, so basically what, what we're saying here is you have a choice to be kind or to be rude. 
And even though you have pr- maybe pre-wired your brain a certain way, you can fix that. If you're, always, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm just a negative person. I'm just, I just see things, or, or sometimes, I'm, oh, I'm going to step on toes. Ooh, okay, I'm going to say it. Sometimes we mask the, the negativity thing with being, I'm a realist. I'm just keeping it real. No, you're keeping it rude all the time, right? Like, there's a difference. There are people who keep it real, and I thank God for those people because they're honest. But most, <laughs> most people who say, like, I'm a realist, they're, no, they're, they're a pessimist, and they're rude. And they just want to tell people that they're doing something wrong just for the sake of telling them that, right? And so th- there's a difference. There's a difference between honest, being honest and kind or just trying to be right all the time. And if you're on social media, you see the other one all the time. So to be kind, we must then start intentionally making that our response to everything. Think about that. So our natural response might be something negative. So to be kind, we have to start making that our response. So like purposely be kind, no matter what. It's so hard to do. I've been trying it recently, <laughs> right? But, but I'm, I'm trying really hard, and, and, it, and it's good. But sometimes when, when, when someone's like really rude, and it's like the silliest thing. Like I, on the drive here, there's two people uh, that, were, that cut me off, and I wanted to scream, and I wanted to yell, and I probably did. And don't ask Danielle because she'll tell you the truth. But... But even in those moments, can, oh, can I get an amen that sometimes we don't want to be kind when no one else is listening. Right? But that's the, tru- that's the truth of your heart. It, the Bible doesn't say bear fruit for people to see. It says bear, what kind of fruit are you bearing at all times? Even the fruit that's stuck up there that no one's going to pick, what does that fruit look like? So when I'm in my car by myself without my wife, am I going to start screaming and cussing at people on the road? Or am I going to be like, man, they probably just had a bad day, you know? Or, oh, no, they might have done that on accident. Bless their heart. I'm just kidding. I won't say bless their heart. That's bad. I'm just kidding. Unless I mean it. I don't know. Okay. But, right, but being kind when no one's looking. I have to rewire my brain. My response is kindness. Say that with me. My response is kindness. It's tough. You're thinking like, Brett, it's not tough, bro. I'm nice. <laughs> it's tough because it, it's, really not, it's really easy to be kind to kind people. It's really hard to be kind to mean people. Well, they deserve it, no? I mean, they do, but you deserve something too, but you didn't get that either. You know what I mean? Holler. <laughs> Jesus paid it all. Okay, so when I, when I, when I make my response to everything to be kind then it will become my natural response. It's tough, but here's the thing. We also have to change our thought process of why we're doing it. I'm not doing these things to change myself. I'm doing these things to become myself. The Bible says that we are a new creation. What does that mean? If you are a new creation and you look the exact same as you did yesterday... That's not what that's supposed to mean. So what it means is that it's not that I, and this makes it easier for us. When we're trying to be kind, it's not that I'm trying to change me. It's not that I'm trying to be someone else. It's not that I'm trying to change my personality from being a pessimist to an optimist. What I'm trying to do is become me, who I'm actually supposed to be. I'm trying to become who God called me to be. Not who I feel like being today, but who he says I am. Amen? So when you think of it that way, don't think about I'm changing myself, I'm changing, I'm changing. No, no, no. Think about I'm becoming. It's way easier to become something than it is to change 
into something. You put on a costume, eventually the mask can get pulled off like Scooby-Doo. I would have got away with it too if it weren't for those stinking kids and that dog, right? But if you become who you are supposed to be and who you already are, you just haven't discovered it yet, it's way easier. And it's not fake. Holler, can I get an amen? So after accepting Christ, I am now a new creation. New, different. So what's different? I'm not trying to change myself. I'm trying to be myself. Not who I think I am, but who he says I am. So you have a choice to either be kind or not. Amen? Can I be real? We got a choice. You got a choice every day to be either be kind or not. Be kind. I've never seen someone be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rude and think to myself, that's a super kind person. <laughs> right? Because we're known by our fruit. Amen? So kindness. Number two. Finally, you're like, sheesh, man, we just got to number two. Goodness. Everybody say goodness. Galatians 6.10 says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are in the household of faith. So that's kind of cool. The Bible tells us to be good to everyone, and especially the people in this room. So that's step one. Don't get in any weird drama or arguments with people in this room. There's no reason to do that. We're all in the, we're all in the same we're going on the same goal, right? We're all heading towards the same thing. So be kind and good to others, especially those in this room. No reason, despite what Facebook and Instagram and Twitter say, there's no reason to fight other Christians. There's no reason to argue with other Christians. It's wasting time. We've got, we got a bigger thing to tackle. We've got a real enemy, and it's not Pastor so-and-so from this place or whatever, right? So goodness, I looked this one up, so we're good. Here we go. Goodness means the quality of being morally good or virtuous. So it's similar to kindness, but it takes it deeper. So kindness is I, I need to be nice. I need to be, I need to be kind. I need to be right, generous. I need to be considerate. Goodness is now we take that into the moral realm. So sometimes being good isn't always the thing that people want from you. Amen? Uh, let me give you an exam- example of some good people I know. So there, there's a, one of my friends, uh, Brandon. Um, some of you may know Brandon. Uh, Brandon McClurkin, shout out if you're listening, bro. Love you. But there was this one time Danielle was playing uh, soccer at Vanguard University. And she was killing it. She was rocking. She was a superstar at school. And, and it was kind of bugging me a little bit because I was known as Danielle's boyfriend around campus. And that never happened to me before. And so I was having this, like, identity crisis. But it's fine. So, anyways, I had to work on a Saturday. And her games were usually on Saturday. And so, Brandon, I was talking on the phone to Brandon. And Brandon's like, what are you doing on Saturday? I was like, oh, man, well, I wish I could go to Danielle's game. But I'm, I'm working, so I can't go. And he's like, oh, well, are your parents going? Is anybody else going? I'm like, no, I don't think anybody's going to be there because, you know, like, we're all busy and stuff, and so usually we try to make it to every game. So I just left it at that. We kept talking, blah, blah, blah. And then after the game, after I got off work about 5, and so I, I head down to hang out with everybody afterwards, and, and Danielle was like, Brett, uh, Brandon came to the game. And I was like, he did? She's like, yeah. All by, I was like, well, who did he come with? She's like, all by himself. He just came. And that, that was like, I'd been good friends with Brandon, but it was at that moment I was like, that, that's my brother. 
You know what I mean? Like, you get to a place where it's like, okay, friends are friends, but th- that's my family now. You know why? Because he cared so much about someone I cared about. Like, at that point, him and Danielle weren't all, really all that close. Like, he, he loved Danielle, and, and uh, he knew that I loved Danielle. And he knew that Danielle wouldn't want to play a game with nobody watching her and nobody supporting her. And so he went to Danielle's game because nobody else could. I'm not crying. You're crying. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sheesh, I got him. Okay. <laughs> hey oh. But listen, here's another one. So that's, that's Brandon. Brandon was in my wedding. Brandon, I, t- I call Brandon once, twice a week. Sometimes Danielle gets mad because I'm walking in the house. I'm still talking to Brandon. She's like, you've had all day to talk to Brandon. I was like, that's my homie, you know. But I have another friend. His name's Kyle. Kyle's a different story. Kyle, I've known Kyle my entire life. Our parents are best friends. If you ever come on a Sunday, my dad will talk about his best friend, Paul. So that's Kyle's dad. Kyle is six years, yeah, six years older than me. So how it worked is my older brother, Evan, and his younger brother, Weston, they became best friends as, like, little little babies. They were in the nursery, and they're like, oh, my, our moms were like, play date, yeah. And so, but our families didn't match up kid-wise very well. The oldest is Vanessa, and she's a lot older than us, and then Amanda, and then Kyle's six years older, and then Weston's a year older than my brother, and then my brother, and then me, and then my sister. So it's like none of us really match up except for Evan Weston. So growing up, Evan Weston would be hanging out all the time, and like big brothers do, they would use me as a test dummy for all sorts of things. And, and they beat me up, and they beat me at Halo, and, and run me over with the warthog, whatever the car was. And so, and so Kyle... And, I, and I, I, little, I didn't really notice it as much as when I was a kid, but looking back, Kyle was always so good to me. He'd come in, and if we're being real, nobody wants to play with the kid who has no idea how to play Halo, right? But Kyle would come in, he goes, Brett, <laughs> hide here. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I'll take care of it. And he's just boom, boom, sniping people. I'm like, yeah, Kyle, you know. And then I'd like brag, we won, we won, you suck, you suck. And they're like, Brett, you didn't get any kills. Don't matter. Kyle did. We're good, you know. We're goaded. We're the best team. And Kyle's like, yeah, man, I can't do it without Brett, even though I did absolutely nothing. We went on this vacation one time. And who's ever been um, uh, like out on a lake and you're, what is it, like tubing behind the boat? Anybody ever done that or like wakeboarding stuff? So we had this giant, giant tube, and there would be four of us across, and we'd have this competition of who can stay on the longest. And I was the youngest one, and so Evan and Weston, like they always do, they'd be like, hey, it's us versus you and Kyle. Let's go. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And I'm, I felt so bad, but they'd tell, they'd tell my dad, just send it, bro. Like, give us all you got. And so I'd last like three seconds. Like, no joke. They'd hit one turn, and whoosh, there goes Brett, just skipping like a rock across the lake. No joke. I, was, I, I weighed like 98 pounds, and I'm just skipping across the lake. And I got so mad, I started crying in the water. I'm like, no joke. I got so mad, I started crying. I was like, Kyle, I'm sorry, man. I just suck at this, you know? I'm so frustrated. Who's ever been that frustrated? You just can't do something right. I can't do it right, man. Every time they hit the turn, Kyle said, get back on. We're going to win. I said, okay. I was like, I don't know how because I suck, man. He's like, well, figure it out. Get on. I said, okay. So I get back on, and he goes, put your hands here. So I put my hands here, and then, I have, and then there's an arm that comes over me and grabs right here. And he holds. He goes, just don't let go. I said, all right. So now he's holding me down, and we never went off that, John. I was like, let's go, right? Like, we, we're going boom, boom, and Evan phew, flies off. Later, loser. You know, I'm like, you know, and Kyle's just like, oh, hold on. You know, and Kyle's muscles are just, you know, and he's just, and then we made it at the end. I was like, I'm so bad. I'm so much better at this now. And Kyle's like, yeah, dude, you did it. You know, he high-fived me. But the whole time, he kept me on. One time, 
One time he let go to readjust, and I fell. Like the one second he let go, I start falling. And no joke, I'm in the water, and he grabs me by my life vest and pulls me back up. Gets me on the thing. And to this day, and, and, uh, on Tuesday, this next week, we're going to go stay at Kyle's house in Vegas. And Kyle's at my wedding, too. That's my brother. Why? Because no matter what, he was good to me. Was there a spider coming down or something? Let's go. Hey. Hey. That's goodness. Give him a hug right now. <laughs> so these guys didn't have to go out of their way to be good to me, but they did. Brandon was good to somebody I loved. He could have been like, hey, man, he could have texted Danielle, praying for your game today. Because he, he, he didn't live anywhere near Costa Mesa where she was playing. And he drove there anyways and went to see her game. Kyle didn't have to hold me up to make me feel good. He could have beat them by himself, right? He was older than them. But he wanted me to feel good. So to be good is to be nice and kind, but it's also to be righteous and holy. Amen? Those are two big words. They may seem unreachable, but they're not. Why? Because, like I said before, we're just becoming who we are. And when, we're, when we are a new creation in Christ, we are righteous and we are holy. Amen? Being with God and around Jesus will help you be good. It's really hard to be bad while focusing on Jesus. Amen? I'll wrap it up with this. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do the people light a lamp and put it under a basket. You don't light a lamp and put it under a blanket or under a basket. You don't hide a light. But instead you put it on a stand. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So be good and genuinely good. And be kind. And genuinely kind. If we go back to the original question, what kind of fruit are we bearing? Is it good or bad fruit? Start there and move towards being a tree that produces good fruit. Amen? You'll make a bigger impact, be heard by more people, and introduce more people to Jesus if you are a good and a kind person. So in your life, love everyone always. Find joy in all circumstances. Find peace in Jesus. Be patient. Be kind to everyone and good no matter what. Amen? Let's stand. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. God, we thank you so much for your word, that it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we just are so grateful for how you provide for us, how you teach us, how you let us live our life. God, this week, help us to be kind. Help our, help our default response to any circumstance be kindness. And above even that, Lord, help us to be good. Help us to seek holiness and to seek righteousness. We love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.